Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galt. And today we talk to energy healing practitioner and consciousness teacher, Tom Barnett, about CV-19 life lessons that we are learning and will continue to learn. So Tom's journey into evolving the world of healing with consciousness began when he became extremely sick. And with that, Tom, welcome to Merkaba Chakras. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you guys, this one's going to be a very special bonus episode. If you are watching this on YouTube, look below on the description and it'll take you to another website where you can see the full interview. If you're watching this on other platforms or listening to other um, podcasts, websites, this will run full for you, okay? So Tom, before we dig into your work, can you tell us what illness led you into this work in the first place? Well, I was actually sick a few times as a kid that people couldn't pinpoint, but it turned out to be vaccine bit of vaccine damage but when I was in my early 20s and was living really out of balance with myself and with nature's laws I overstressed my body and then the result of too much mercury in the system resulted in essentially a collapse of the system so broadly speaking it's termed chronic fatigue syndrome but that's so many different things it's ridiculous but Mm -hmm. that's broadly speaking what it turned out to be a symptom wise but then that's what led me through what some people would call the dark night of the soul, which mm-hmm. wasn't a night. It was more than a decade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Yeah. But that's what led me. So, okay. So interesting. So you actually had the chronic fatigue syndrome and did your doctors attribute it to various vaccines that you had taken over the years? Or, I mean, no. how, how do you know it was because of vaccine injury? Well, that was from speaking to some decent doctors, which was one in about a thousand. And then Mm -hmm. that was looking back at past history and the timeline. Uh, Basically, what you do is you look at the medical history and then you look at the timeline and the symptoms and then attributing some of these symptoms to what was never known to be a vaccine reaction, but what modern good doctors and, and natural therapists know to be as vaccine reactions. So that's what well, it's not just the vaccines. It's also what was inherited from my uh, parents as far as their toxic load. 
But mm-hmm. whatever it is, whether it's vaccines or chemicals or uh, introduction to anything, it's essentially toxicity. So toxicity is the broad umbrella under which you know, the body will shut down its processes and you will get symptomology. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the adverse reactions that you had, um, that your doctors were saying, well, this, this symptom, and then this, this symptom, and then this symptom that you had as a child, um, like... How does it crop up? I mean, because it doesn't all just not everybody who gets an allergy reaction to a specific vaccine um, is going to get it within 30 days or within six months. It could take uh, much longer than the life cycle of observation in the clinical trials because not they don't always go for years and years and years. So um, depending on the, the maker and which vaccine it is. So, you know, what what were some of the illnesses that, that you were developing over the years where you saw this huge picture that after these series of vaccines, you were developing these yeah. series of symptoms over the years? Mm-hmm. Can you yeah. explain that chronology? Yeah, so to start with, the first thing that comes to mind is the fungal infection, which was mostly tinea between the toes. You might think that that's just a common thing, in that, but that's not really necessary in a healthy body. And a lot of that was due to the medications. After that, it was a series of bronchitis, which was put down to a pollen allergy. But then I never had a pollen allergy before that and didn't have pollen allergies later in life. So bronchitis, I went through twice and also series of just being completely wiped out and coupled that with a long-term predisposition to low blood pressure, which is, that's not normal. That's not normal to have in a kid, especially low blood pressure. So that's Mm -hmm. gone post that time that's now referred to as pots which is a it's essentially what appears to be low blood pressure but it is a vaccine side effect much like sudden infant death syndrome you know people just say we have no idea why that occurs but when you look at the chronology over the last you know couple of decades and then when you look back on it that's when you see that that's all vaccine related at the time i don't think it was attributed to that it's only down the track Hmm. Now, um, I'm not sure if the VERS, I'm not sure if, if Australia has a, their version of adverse reaction website where doctors would, you know, submit um, adverse reactions to specific vaccines or for a vaccine injury. But do they have something like that in Australia? No. No. So well, what do you then. what do you do to report this? What do the medical establishment do in your country to report them? Uh it's not really reported when people there's a form called i don't remember exactly what it's called it's like an m41 or something like that and barely any doctor will fill it out occasionally you'll get families get that form filled out which Mm -hmm. says that their son or daughter was injured by the vaccine but back when i was a kid that was unheard of no well Mm -hmm. in our circles nobody would ever attribute a vaccine to causing any kind of harm and it also wasn't severe like i was anaphylactic or anything like that so it's not, you don't go looking at, you had a vaccine two days ago and now you've got this anaphylaxis because I never had any severe reaction like that. Right. It was just an accumulative effect. And then this would happen also after boosters that you get when you're around f- between five and eight years of age. Mm-hmm. So that's really, you know, and then this was only diagnosed when I was 28 or nine. So we're oh, talking wow, like 20 years after yeah. the, the symptoms occurred. Yeah. And, that, and that's interesting. So like, like I have children, I have a, I have a six-year-old and I have a two-year-old and they've all been vaccinated for the major stuff like the polio vaccine and 
the measles um, vaccine, just the major, the major stuff. Um, but what I did is instead of doing what I call the fruit cocktail, where you do like seven or eight shots in one appointment, I space it out to one or two shots in every appointment. So if it if it if it's supposed to get like eight, then it's going to be about four different or five different appointments, and so that they can process it through. And a lot of the moms um, that I know, that's what we share, and a lot of us, that's what we do. The thing is, is that um, the clinics that we go to, they don't necessarily advertise that you can do vaccine appointments um, just for the shot, just for one shot, because what, what they like to do is combine it all into one appointment. So they see you one time and they, um, they don't have to spread out the labor. But you can recommend that just for people who, if you are going to do that, you can recommend separating it out just to make sure to monitor if there's any adverse reactions from one versus another. Um, and my, my children were fine, but for some people, some children do have adverse reactions. And so, you know, when you're bringing your child in for these, um, these recommended vaccines and you do these huge like six or eight loads in one shot, you can't isolate if a certain reaction was from a specific shot. You know, whereas if you separate them on a couple of days or week basis and then they have a reaction, you know, it was from the last shot that they had. So there's more is an easier diagram to pinpoint. But um, that's what people are doing now. But back when you were a child, did they do the whole everything at one time thing? No. No, that was a more recent thing. And that's that's true. You know, the MMR and the tetanus one, which you now can't get separate, it's, it's uh, coupled with other vaccines. That's where you see the majority of the overt instant effects. Um, but unfortunately, Novak, every vaccine causes damage, no matter what. Mm. So everybody thinks, oh, well, I had vaccines and I'm fine. But, but people don't know what it's like to be a normal human being. And everybody has some degree of low-grade inflammation in their body, and it's caused by vaccines. No vaccine does anything towards preventing illness. They all cause harm, whether it's mm. low-grade harm that is, you just, you know, look, my dad's a perfect example. I've had all my vaccines and I'm fine. Meanwhile, his feet look like they're about to fall off because they're riddled with fungus. His, his oh. posture is stooped over. He gets constant headaches, but according to him, he's fine. It's ridiculous. People don't realize that I've met on my in my lifetime, I'm 40 years old, I can count on one hand the number of people I've met in my life who I believe to be a normal human being, not exceptional, normal, mm-hmm. just normal. Yeah. And, and what is what is normal? What is normal in normal good health? So normal good health is, uh, well, there's a lot of parameters for that. But essentially, if you look at what humans do now compared to what we used to do, we're a lot weaker, physically mm. weaker as a, as a species mentally emotional weaker as well and so even if you just look at what farmers were doing 80 years ago farmers Mm -hmm. today aren't doing the same thing Mm -hmm. but the amount of physical labor and the the weight of things people would throw around yeah there's some people crossfit champions and whatever can do the same thing today but that was normal back then for for most people to be able to do that and today it's it's not the case people's bodies degrade earlier despite advancements in medicine and and you know when people think that we're advanced with supplements and nutrition it's just not the case um, so realistically if you get through an entire day uh, with so it starts with this if you sleep well through the night like sleep really well wake up refreshed 
if you can go a full day of work, which means labor all day mm. and still have energy for creativity, for lovemaking, for, uh, for play and to be in a good mood and not have it detract, that's normal. But mm. then on top of that, it's like, what are you doing within that normal? And what are you able to do with your body? And t- people today are literally weakened from, from pharmaceuticals compared to what we're supposed to be. And you only need to look at indigenous cultures that mm-hmm. are not degraded in any way and you look at the resplendent physical state of them and what mm-hmm. they can do physically it's greater than what you know we do in our society right right yeah they're definitely using the bodies more well you know what is your favorite healing technique that you taught yourself that you teach to others well funnily enough it's a it's a, got a lot to do with the uh, the mind and the emotions more than the physical body itself because while mm-hmm. the physical body holds the toxicity and the uh you know the symptoms show up there it's something that's gone further up the chain of bodies at a mm-hmm. you know a high level so uh while a vaccine for example might be physical there's elements of surrounding that action that that affect the higher bodies and then to the degree that they affect the higher bodies in my experience i'm not saying this is the absolute truth but in my experience that is the degree to which the physical body will hold symptoms in it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and inflammation and what have you so from a frequency point of view if these higher bodies are, are resonating at the right frequency then what is in the vaccines and the effect that it has on the physical body doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. have to have the same effect and that's why you have differing, uh, you know, physical realities based on different people when they're subjected to pharmaceuticals. So for me, it's about letting go of a lot of the old patterns, the old trauma mm-hmm. stories, parts of those etheric bodies need to die off in order to become lighter. And then as right. they rise, then a lot of this stuff, this heavy stuff that afflicts the physical seems to fall away as well, because they tend to reflect one another. So mm-hmm. From a healing point of view, that's really it. It's more the the frequency of things. And rather than it being machine-based, like, you know, resonance machines, it's more about what we do with our own etheric bodies, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual bodies. Mm, that's good to know. You know, in Buddhism, before we are physical, we are energy that projects solid forms into reality to engage with. So what is your understanding of the holographic reality in which we all play and share with? Well, <laughs> it's just something that for me, it's not something I can say as a, as a truth, but I've experienced it to be that I've experienced it to be a holographic reality Me too. that is so real and tangible to us, but is still more or less a dream or a memory or, you know, a projection. So mm-hmm. um, within that, it doesn't change how we, experience the world really because you can know that like you might just listen to this or read a book and you go okay i know it's a holographic reality for example Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it doesn't change how you feel it doesn't stop a brick hitting you in the head and it hurting a lot or you going through a lot of emotional pain that feels ever so real because you lost a loved one you know it doesn't change that it's just so what that does for people sometimes is it can create an apathy if it's just a knowing a mental knowing and not an Mm -hmm. embodiment because then they just go, oh, well, it doesn't matter. There's no free will. You know, it's just, it doesn't matter. It's a, it's a projection. So mm-hmm. it's not real. It doesn't matter. I don't have to try. And so that I feel is missing the point. And so that in itself can have a detracting energy to it, becoming just mentally aware that it could be a projection or right. a, a holographic projection. 
But my experience is, especially when you begin to embody what that means, Mm -hmm. then you begin to, you'll see it play out for real of what Mm -hmm. you as an individual energy are projecting or, you know, what are you creating? And that's to me what it means. It's what are we creating and what events are we attracting or pulling to us as a result of that energy that is creating the holographic field? Right. um, Can you give us an example in your life of that in in play? Getting really sick for one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And also getting out of being really sick. That's another. Uh, I find that the more you're tapped into that, the more the the cause and effect is instant. Mm -hmm. So I'll notice that I'm not saying I'm like, hey, listen, look at me. I've like got to a high level because that's not the case. I'm by no means, you know, any further along than most people. But there's as you it's not that i'm going higher up it's just that i've come to uh i've cleared out some of the clutter in my mind so Mm -hmm. i recognize it is what i'll say Mm -hmm. so i'll notice that if i have a really negative thought about something i'll stub my toe i'll hit my head on something i'm like how did that happen i'm not clumsy like that Mm -hmm. but it's just when i i'm like but i was just thinking about this and so it's like the cause and effect of the thought or the projection is instant Mm-hmm. Whereas if you haven't decluttered your mind so much, it might be something that happens years later, for example. Right. And so simultaneously, those elements that are very positive are also met in the moment as well, where I'll notice some synchronicity that's beyond. It just could not be <laughs> any yeah. more serendipitous. It's not like a coincidence. It's like, wow, that's a real, that's the sign that I projected or I asked for, or I saw mm-hmm. before I saw it. And, um, and even just little things like meeting meet the people I meet. Um, yeah. Uh, every need is met as well, despite not really having a lot of material wealth or anything. I'm never without my needs, my core mm-hmm. needs met. And that seems to come with little to no effort. And so yeah. that's an indication of what that is, you know, that energy that is projecting out what it manifests as. Yeah. Very good. Very good. And do you think it's individual consciousness or is it a collective consciousness that creates reality? Uh, well, collective, but the individual has a role to play in the collective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Is that what you mean? Or? Yeah, yeah. So, so there's two things going on. There's your individual reality that you're creating in your own personal life, and then you also play in a greater collective reality. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like yeah. if we were sitting around in a circle and one person's just like seething in in like negativity and anger, it does affect the rest of the group, even if the rest of the group is trying to raise the the frequency. And so our individual uh, field still has an effect, but mm-hmm. we are very much, you know, we have our, well, we're kind of, in my experience, bound by various minds. We have the individual mind and then we have the parental mind, which is a mm-hmm. lot of our conditioning and patterning. And then we have the tribal and then the societal and then like the humanity, which is all of us, which mm-hmm. what do we all, like, where are we all? And it's an average out of everybody that has their individual, their parental right. and their societal minds. And then there's the, the earth has its own mind as well. And we interact yeah. with that. And so there's many different levels of it, as far as I can tell. Yeah. But, uh, I, I call it, instead of a collective consciousness, I call it a collective compromise. <laughs> we yeah, are on the I greater like scale because, you know, you think that, you know, okay, based on these factors, this is going to happen, but not everybody wants the same outcome. And so if you're playing in a collective reality, then you're going to get some of what you want not all of what you want 
or yeah. some of what you think is going to happen, but not completely what you think is going to happen. So there's always an element of surprise when you're, you know, you're sharing a reality with the collective consciousness. So I like to call it collective compromise. But yeah, I, I'm definitely down with that. So, okay, so life lessons. Life lessons is a huge thing in Buddhism. And everybody who listens to the podcast is always wanting to know, oh, how can I, you know, level myself up, life lessons. And so we're going to talk some serious life lessons right now. Um, humanity is going through a huge life lesson, almost like a test for evolving souls. And there is no correct answer. However, humanity is transitioning from the COVID-19 pandemic to it becoming endemic, which I've always thought it was endemic, but that's besides the point, meaning it's always been here and been around. But um, it's come down to taking the mRNA vaccine, the vaccine privileges and passports. It's come down to that, this whole thing. And some are for it while others are not for it. And a large percentage of the world's countries bought into the vaccine as the only way out while censoring cheaper proven methods of treating COVID-19 that most of the poorer countries all of the world have successfully implemented. What is the life's lesson for how identity politics plays into cognitive dissonance on all sides of this discussion? And let me, let me preface that even more for people who don't understand cognitive dissonance, dissonance. It's like if you're really conservative and then you get information that is very liberal, you just won't look at the information, even if it is a legitimate source from credible uh, doctors, organizations, government websites that differ from what you've prescribed to as your thought on, a, on, on this specific topic. That's cognitive dissonance. Like you won't even hear it even if it could save your life or could give you another opinion that you should consider. And this happens to be um, one of the things that many people regarding this topic uh, seem to suffer from. So what is the life lesson in, in that discussion? I think there's, a, there's many in that. It's about, for me, the biggest lesson in that is about uh, dying. So what needs to die is that element of us that is holding on to the security of the mind that we're currently in, whereas the parental or the tribal mind, which are the most limiting, the parental and the tribal are the ones that we that create the most cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. So if the tribe thinks a certain way, but you think slightly differently, uh, that could be a threat to the tribe. So they'll usually tr force you, force your hand into a certain um, way of being or believing. And likewise, uh, cognitive dissonance could be there because if the tribal mind says one thing and that's where you associate your safety and security, but nature or somebody is showing you something that's a reality, but you can't see it because until you can outgrow that tribal mind, which is your sense of safety and security, you will absolutely not see what's right in front of you there. So I think the life lesson is in those parts of us that hold us back. Those patterns need to die. And that can sometimes feel like a full death because it'll be part of an ego death. Mm -hmm. And um, it's like the thing that people fear the most is, is that they fear dying. And, but that's their path to freedom. Usually it's if that part of them dies off, they don't have to rely on a government or they won't see, they'll see things for what they are like a joke, like the, the whole thing that's being played out. And I agree it is endemic. What we're seeing with Corona and the MRNA and passports and all that 
that's always been around. It's just now got, it look, now looks like this, but it's always been there. It just looked like a different iteration each time it pops up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's never so really, really gotten as intense as it is now. Yeah. You know, yeah, now, yeah, yeah, which is very interesting because, I mean, you know, like, like I went to, I go to Southeast Asia to visit the, um, the monasteries, the Buddhist monasteries, my family sponsors artwork of and so forth. And I, you know, they recommend that you, you get your shot for malaria. So I went and got that because it's been on the market for many decades. It's already been on the market and shaken out. So I'm like, sure, no problem. I didn't get any reactions to it. Um, however, for some reason with this, with the COVID mRNA vaccine, um, it's getting special treatment. Uh, you know, every like show your passport if you got it. Um, however, all the other diseases don't get the special treatment. You don't have to show your certificate if you if you are tested negative for HIV and AIDS, or if you don't have STDs, or if you don't have you know syphilis, or if you don't have you know do you have shingles? Show me your passport for shingles. You, none of these other diseases get this special treatment, and um, they have they're they are especially deadly. Um, they, it, it hasn't gotten to this level of, um, censorship, like people can talk freely about anything, but for whatever reason, this whole saga of COVID-19 has come down to this vaccine, although now there's many brands and varieties, but it's the same vaccine, mRNA, and privileges and passports as a way to force you into getting this vaccine. And um, coercion tactics from lotteries to giving prizes to contests to whatever bribes there is to um, asking employers to mandate it as a, a matter of employment, asking businesses to uh, force people or coerce them in terms of being able to use their services to get it. There's all of these factors to, to coerce people into getting the mRNA vaccine. It's all come down to the mRNA vaccine, which makes you wonder why the special treatment for this one where none ever have gotten this special treatment. What is, what is the life lesson for us that has come out like this? Well, I, I'm not sure if this is the answer you would expect, but I think it's it's in order to be able to see through the veil because that should in itself, exactly how you described it, that mm-hmm. should make people go, well, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> you know, it should, it should, it's almost like it's an offer where they're like, guys, this is getting so ridiculous and look at this, surely you have to figure out what's going on now. But but a lot of people still won't. So I think the life lesson- It goes is, back to cognitive dissonance. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think it's in being able to be very discerning and not to just trust. First of all, not to just trust anything, but more than that, it's about trusting yourself. The life lesson to me, I think, comes down to the trust in your, in yourself. Because mm-hmm. if you think that, a, that that way of being, of getting an injection of something that's going to change you from not being really human anymore mm-hmm. into, and then therefore to be able to go here and get benefits and privileges and show this, this passport and whatever, mm-hmm. You know, that to me means that you don't trust that you are actually made and created to be healthy and vibrant without the interference of man, as if nature somehow needs man's help 
mm-hmm. when we tend to just destroy things. So mm-hmm. if you're if you learn to trust yourself, which is trusting nature, then that's the lesson. I don't need that in order to be healthy. I don't need a government trying to restrict people's movements mm-hmm. in order to be secure. And I don't need, you know what I mean? It's like, instead of mm-hmm. everything being something outside of you, that's providing for you, what nature and you should provide yourself. Mm-hmm. There's as you undo each of those layers, it's about coming back to yourself for all of those elements, whether it's safety and security, whether it's love, whether it's health, whether it's feeding yourself and whether it's a connection to something greater than you, that should all come from you. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like the life lesson should be developing or remembering, rediscovering that core element of trust due to our connection to that, to that that is around us and that that flows through us at all times and not putting it in the hands of man's stupidity. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, action is at play when it comes to creating your reality. I mean, you can feel it, you can think it, you can see the synchronicities and the messages coming forth, but then we have a physical body. We have to use our bodies and um, have action towards the reality that we want. So if we do not want this reality, we need to move forward into doing things to push against this reality. If you want it, then you 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 move forward and push for that reality. However, I'm going to give you a list of players in this COVID-19 saga that humanity is in the process of learning from. So please tell us your thoughts and don't worry about being censored. This podcast is not only published on YouTube, it goes on to five different video sharing platforms and over 60 podcast directories. So here's the first one. I'm going to play a little um, Jeopardy (laughs) or a little game show. So Tom, what is the life lesson for major news media whose job is to report unbiased news as a system of checks and balances to the public? Discernment, again, I think that the life lesson in that, or at least for me, you know, from my point of view, is that uh, news should come from the community, not from a worldwide broadcasting station that's that's heavily owned by corporate interests. So mm, then, pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's about community and coming back to uh, it's it's a, again it's that whole thing of coming back to the self more than relying on something outside of myself. Yeah, yeah. And and for for the viewers who this is completely new to. A majority of the major news stations um, are heavily funded by the biggest sponsor, which is a pharmaceutical companies, which is the Bill and Melinda Gates and the um, foundation and um, Mark and Priscilla Zuckerberg of Facebook foundation. They actually sponsor much of the major news stations. And that's why every single time you watch this stuff, you're always going to get a pharmaceutical ad between commercials and so forth. So, um, but for some reason, if you look at them, you're not seeing anything, any kind of information about, hardly any information about adverse side effects, about disclaimers on on, um, on the, the mRNA vaccine. Um, and so it's kind of feeling like the early days of cigarettes, you know, when the cigarette companies were um, were creating their own medical research saying that no, it doesn't cause cancer. No, it doesn't cause, um, you know, throat issues or whatever. And so they're publishing their own papers and going, hey, this is from a medical institution. This is, this is totally fine. And then it got to the point where people were, were who was smoking a lot got um, cancer from it. 
lost their, um, their you know, ability to speak, etc., cetera, um, from heavy cigarette smoking. And it was too apparently obvious that um, the, the medical information was completely unbiased and the information that was trying to come forward and show everybody the another perspective on this was being censored. And it feels a lot like that uh, when it comes to the mRNA vaccine. So here's another question. What is the life lesson from medical universities and institutions whose job is to do cutting edge research without leaning towards its investors bias interest, which of course, many medical universities and institutions are heavily funded by pharmaceutical companies as well. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I think the life lesson is to always uh, ask questions, to question everything, because a lot of people aren't even aware of that. People that mm -hmm. study at these institutions don't know who funds the institutions. They've never asked that question. So for me, the life lesson there is to question everything and to always ask, don't take anything on face value. Um, follow the money trail as well. Mm -hmm. And that's, that, that's, I think, the lesson there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you guys, just so that you guys know, I'm, I will put links, um, not on the YouTube page, but on, on the, all the other sites, where you can go to legitimate censored reports about the mRNA vaccine and the things that we're talking about. So you can see that these are actually from um, legitimate universities who have been reporting on the adverse effects and that it's not healthy. And um, censored government websites that um, say something different than what the main narrative that has been allowed to publish. So, um, and it, it will all come, come through, um, but here's another one for you. What is the life lesson for healthcare organizations such as the WHO, the WHO, CDC, the FDA, NIH, and these other local and federal Healthcare or healthcare organizations to look out for the safety of its public and disclose unsightly disclaimers about recommended mRNA vaccines as well as its efficacy. It depends. We trust them. We trust them to do yeah. their job, right? Are you talking about the life lesson for us, the public, or are you talking about the life lessons for those companies or the directors? For both. For both. For those companies and also for us trusting those companies to do their job for, to make sure that the things that's being approved are safe for human consumption. Okay, and I, think for, I think for the people, the life lesson is the same as the first one where I said it's about bringing your responsibility back to yourself and not putting it in the hands of others. Because if you give your responsibility away or you give your ability to think away, someone else is just gonna use it. And generally it's gonna to be to their benefit and not yours. So that's the life lesson I think for the individual. For the companies, it's a, it's a funny one because uh, I'll, I'll say that they know exactly what they're doing. They have mm -hmm. no interest in health in the first place. So their life lesson is that maybe it's what they're gonna to bring to themselves a result of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's their karmic, uh, the karmic element of that for them. But otherwise it's, I think the lesson is that they can't fool us i think maybe they thought that they could but you look at the number of people now who troll their websites and their social media mm -hmm. and who just it's hilarious no it's so obvious too <laughs> yeah 
And so um, I think the life lesson for them is that uh, lies always, it, everything comes out in the wash. I think that's the lesson for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, about the trolling, which I, I found very fascinating because it definitely changed over the course of the last four weeks and it's accelerating in these higher energies is that um, the, the major media companies in the US is ABC News, CBS, CNN, all that kind of stuff, um, even Fox, they are they have safe stories that they're allowed to project and it's always this is our magical pill the mrna is the only solution there is no other solution to um to if you catch covid 19 and you have no natural immunity so don't trust in your immune system that's been working for you for all the other viruses like the flu and the cold and all the other things don't trust it because all of these medical institutions that are heavily funded by the pharmaceutical company and all these major news stations that are heavily um, funded by the pharmaceutical companies and all of these healthcare organizations that are heavily funded by the pharmaceutical companies, their only interest, it's very obvious, is for you. Fast forward to the, um, the story to the last 30 seconds, go get your jab. Go get your jab. So, um, and so, but yet still, still, when it's blatantly obvious what is going on, there are a lot of people who do not trust their own immune systems and do not want to use other um, methods to address, like, let's say they got COVID-19, for example, they don't, don't want to take ivermectin, they don't want to ask for hydroxychloroquine, they don't want to, you know, do some of the other things that other countries are doing and find great success in reducing the numbers on. They don't want to look for that, they just want the easy, they'll take the risk, even if they read the risk of the adverse long-term life um, threatening side effects that can come out and that have come out in the trials, um, they'll still take the risk. So what is the life's lesson for somebody who, even if they push through cognitive dissonance and read the information um, that is being censored from all these doctors and all these organizations going, this is not a good idea, we don't have enough information, et cetera, et cetera. Even if they read that and they still go for it, what is the life lesson? Yeah, I think there uh, there would be two, I think, for people like that. I think that um, there is no right and wrong. There's only thoughts, actions, and consequences. And so I think that that's something that people will learn. And I think the other thing that people will learn is that with regards to cognitive dissonance, it also relates heavily to beliefs. And I think Mm -hmm. it's a Buddhist saying that all beliefs are a form of ignorance. And so therefore, they will learn that. They will learn Mm -hmm. that the belief being ignorance will have its People say ignorance is bliss, but often ignorance will really hurt you. So that's the life lesson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Buddhism, the only sin is ignorance. It is not knowing the full information. And the Eightfold Path is what addresses the ignorance in any specific situation that somebody is working on or dealing with in their life. Because if you work through the Eightfold Path, Eightfold Path of um, the Four Noble Truths in Buddhism, you will see all many, many sides and information about the specific issue so that you do not have ignorance about it. So you can make an informed decision. Um, but that's really the only sin if humanity is um, not getting the full picture information. Um, okay, so 
here's another one. What is the life lesson for big tech companies who are supposed to offer a platform for transparent discussion, but instead censored and covered up the biggest injustice to humanity in which we likely won't see the discrepancies in the vaccinated population for decades in terms of adverse reactions. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna preface that with discrepancies in that um, the maker of the mRNA vaccine uh, was on Dark Horse Radio podcast, I think it is, with Brett Weinstein. And he actually discussed how this is not supposed to go in for pe people yet. It was not ready. Um, they couldn't get over the spike protein aspect of it. Um, they were not supposed to add the nano li lipid nanoparticles. Um, that was added on later. And so he is not advising, and he's the one that created to the full market production um, and even other makers uh, like the like the maker from the former vice president for Pfizer Mike Yeadon said the same thing this is not ready and so there's all these different sources um, but yet however uh, these big tech companies are censoring all those that do not go with the WHO CDC FDA uh, those organizations um, narrative, which we know are following um, their major donors, which is the pharmaceutical company's interest. So what is the life lesson for big tech? For big tech, I think it's about um, what will happen when you don't give disclosure and you violate nature's laws. Mm -hmm. So nature's laws means that you need to give, if you're going to enter into, it's not necessarily contractual, but technically we'll just use that word agreements with people. And then if you don't give full disclosure, there are heavy uh, penalties for that in a commercial sense, but that's all based on natural law. So then from, you know, penalties, meaning in a commercial sense, you may lose your business cost, you get heavy fines, go to jail, but from a, a, um, a higher sense that that's all based on, then you can just extrapolate that to what that will mean for the individuals behind it, which means heavy, heavy penalties. Um, yeah. which means some of them may, you know, how many of them like Steve Jobs and whatever died of cancer? Like that's not an accident. So there's penalties for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so like for, for, for example, um, all the, not just, not just uh, like Bill and Melinda Gates of the, of that foundation. I mean, and they had good intentions. A lot of, a lot of evil deeds start off and are paid by good intentions, obviously, but then they, they veer off and they, <laughs> They get on their own, they get out of control and they go too far. And that's where um, boundaries have to be um, put in, a form of checks and balances. But big tech, there's a lot of people in big tech that are players in this cover-up, okay? And whether you are an engineer, whether you do the digital marketing, whether you're just somebody sitting on Facebook just screening the flagged um, fact check flag comments about somebody going, I had a bad reaction, my uncle died, or uh, my, my, my mom just had this, look at this picture, what is this? Has anybody else ever seen that? Even if you're a, a simple, low paying employee that's just job is to just look at that 
and you follow your orders to delete that and you multiply on a grand scale where nobody sees that, you are an accomplice to one of the largest censorship and cover-up to humanity that is factoring into more people not getting critical information that could save their life yeah. or their family's life or um, prevent a lot of children from having parented or having the parents suffer adverse reactions or die because of these vaccine injuries long-term. And you are an accomplice because you didn't have integrity to go, I'm gonna let this one slide. I'm gonna let this one leak through. I'm going to change your algorithm so it I'm just going to change some of the um, the code here so it leaks through, you know. You didn't do that. So for regular people who are players in this big tech censorship, what do you say to those people? Because you know it's easy to do the fall guy for oh, the big the ones who own the organization, but it's all those little players in it yeah. that made Same it happen. Thing exactly the same thing as what I said for the, the big techs uh, as a whole. It's, a, it's that there are agreements that are being broken and there's heavy consequences for that. So they'll find that out one way or another. It's funny something just clicked though, as you were saying that, is that um, that video that I put out about catching viruses a year ago, it got round a long way before it got censored. Like it was up for more than 24 hours and Maybe all the heavy censorship started as a result of that video. I don't know. But something in me having with you saying that makes me think that somebody from the grace of something was letting that through for the amount of time that it was let through for. Mm -hmm. So I made a post recently saying that even though there are these companies and in institutions that act in this way, there are people within those companies that will never know their name or who they are or their face or anything but they're on our side and they are doing what you said. It's mm -hmm. going to let this one through. It's going to let that one through. It's their job to censor it, but they're on our side and, and they're doing that. Mm -hmm. And that just may explain why. I mean, some people say, well, the AI is just not that bright yet, but I think that there are still people letting things through on purpose. And yeah. because of that, they, they know, they know that there's consequences to being an accomplice, which is which an accomplice, which is the Nuremberg Code. You can't use. I was just following orders. As oh, I was my job to do that. That's my job. I was just doing my job. You can't yeah. use that as an excuse. You you are still violating nature's principles. Yeah, uh, as the Buddhists would say, all deeds are 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 felt directly as is as if it is you because you are them and they are you and you will feel it in your life review. Uh, and you will see how that action played out in the grand scheme of things. So, for example, if let's say you work at Facebook and you're the person that um, has to go through and uh, monitor all the fact-checked reports, the flag ones, for adverse reactions that, you know, contribute to vaccine hesitancy. Let's say you're the one who go, mm, I'm doing my job, delete, 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 delete. And you pass on. In Buddhism, you will feel all those people that you deleted the, their um, simple comments like, is anybody else getting this too? Does anybody see what I'm seeing? How come nobody sees my posts? You know, you will feel that and you will feel the person who didn't see that 
who got the mRNA vaccine, and let's say they had adverse reaction, they passed away, they left their two kids orphan, you will feel those children's orphan lifestyle for um, how they had grown up without their parent because the parent didn't get the proper information to make a decision um, that affects those two kids and on and on it goes and you feel every single person that's been affected down the line because you didn't have integrity to let this one slide. Mm. And okay. likewise, when you do the right thing, you feel the, the positivity, right? So you mm -hmm. feel all that where the, the people that you helped down and down and down the line. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And even in the digital marketing space, uh, for example, there's a lot of digital marketers in IT that work for many of these companies and they have to promote certain things. And you don't have to announce yourself. You can just throw some money into a video that will help get the information out about adverse reactions and about the sensor information that are legitimate, push it up on the algorithm. There's so many different ways. So you don't have to come out and, you know, make a big brouhaha about it. You can still work your job, your nine to five, do your whatever you do. And um, you can, you can still, um, if you see that you can still live with integrity without getting, um, you know, put in the butcher block. So um, this just a little bit of a warning for everybody else, because just like the Holocaust did not happen because of Hitler, it happened because of all the accomplices. All the accomplices was the reason why it happened, not because of Hitler. If you didn't have anybody, an army of, of people doing their job, it will not be successful as it did. And same thing with this. So let me ask you this. So, um, and you know, what is the life lesson for um, the people who, let's say the children, many of them are not gonna be getting the mRNA vaccines and the people um, like you and I, who for our own reasons did not get it, um, who are watching family members and friends who only got the allowed safe information about the vaccine and not the other information that's being censored so they couldn't make an informed decision. Um, and they start developing life-threatening adverse reactions months or years down the line. And we watch them deteriorate. Um, what is the life lesson for us as we watch our loved ones deteriorate because of the effects of this experimental vaccine? Well, for that, I think it's more to do with seeing that there is an individual path for all of us. And for some of us, that's the experience that they, that may need to be had in order to reach a, a better place. And yeah, and the other element of that is that um, it's that cognitive dissonance again, because there's no way no one ever heard that. No way. There's no way anyone can ever truthfully say that they never heard or were aware that it could be not the best thing to do to inject into your body. The cognitive dissonance would have blocked them from that because since the advent of vaccines, there's been people who have been against vaccines from for more than 200 years, there's been that it's not a new thing. So to think that you've never heard that is a complete lie. So it's just cognitive dissonance again. Mm. And so for those of us who are witnessing people go through the cognitive dissonance and make that choice, well then we for me, my family's got it. And it's just like, well, good on you. You know, I'm, I'm actually happy for them that they get the, 
the chance to have that experience and to make that decision for what mm-hmm. they think is best. I, I actually am happy for them. Yeah. So, um, so if you're, the, the, the sensor statistics is not looking very good. Long-term effects are not very good. Um, so it, it, I know my whole family got it too, except for me and my husband and our, our kids. And we just kind of just leave the kids out of it. Just leave the kids out of it. Mm-hmm. But, um, but they don't look at any other information. They look at just the, the basic news, local news ever so often. And all they get is that it's safe, it's safe, it's safe. And they don't really go into to, and, and do their own research on the internet. They, they don't see it on Facebook. So they, they really are just living the life of blinders. Uh, and they never really saw the information um, that's been censored. So innocently, there are people, and I know many of them, my family being them, who innocently fell into thinking that there is no unsafe aspects of the mRNA vaccine. And, um, and they will, you know, live whatever the lesson is or adverse reactions that come out of it. And, um, you know, we are prepared to um, step up if we have to, to help raise um, our niece and nephews and support them. Um, but hopefully there's some kind of collective compromise that the adverse reactions take longer and they, you know, they, they will relatively live, live a decent life with some uh, medications or, or, or help. We'll find out what these discrepancies start looking like in the um, in the upcoming years. Okay, so what is the life lesson for governments to not be lobbied by their major donors' financial interests? Well, a government is forced to protect its people. It's never governments were never meant to be formed in the first place, mm. and even when they did, they were forced to protect people, which they're not doing. So again, the the lesson is there in honor. To me, I think it's about honor. If you mm. commit to doing something, then you see that through. You don't compromise and take money from corporate interests rather than serve the people that you actually swore to protect and you work against their best interests. So the lesson there, yeah, I believe that to be honor. Mm. Yeah, very good. Um, okay, the last one about these life lessons. How can, you know, we've, we've been talking throughout about the life lessons for consumers in different aspects. So um, how can people whose families are affected by the COVID vaccine mRNA um, gene therapy injuries in the near future, how can they move forward with transparency and unconditional love? And I'm gonna preface this. There's a lot of this going around. Well, you deserve it, you should have known, okay? Um, Well, you're not part of my political party, so you deserve it. There's a lot of, you know, finger shaking and you deserve it, sheeple, you sheeple. Um, there's a lot of that going on and that's not unconditional love and that's not high frequency. So how can we move forward with transparency and unconditional love for these people who could be suffering in the near future and they're in your family and your friend circles? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I agree. I mean, I, I don't think they deserve it, but they asked for it. So they got what they asked for. And then as a result of that, I think rather than shame them for it or be negative, we should, you know, say, like I say, I'm happy for my family. And so with that, if they then want to turn around and say, okay, well, what can we do? And then it's about, it's about taking the hand that is offered. 
So for them, they're, they might be reaching out a hand saying, can you take my hand? And then that's what, you know, that's about, that's what being compassionate and unconditional loving and forgiveness. That's what that's all about. Not slapping mm-hmm. that hand away. Well, I tried to tell you. <laughs> you didn't listen, sheepo. You sheepo. I hear that a lot. I hate that yeah. word. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, about, it's about when the hand is, is, is put out to take that hand. That's, I think that's the, and likewise, vice versa as well, because for them, we can extend a hand. You know, there's that story about, um, you know, a guy who's about to drown. It's like mm. a religious story. And then he mm. goes, no, it's all right. God will save me. Like some guy says, you yeah. got to come and then he's yeah. on the roof of the house, a boat comes and then a helicopter. He's like, no, God will save me. And then he drowns. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, why didn't you save me? And God says, well, I sent you like a guy in a boat and then a helicopter. And a... so it's like, it's not our job to go and directly help people. It's our job to offer our hand and they'll take yeah. it all they want. So that's yeah. their lesson at the same time. It's for both of us to to learn. And exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. I, I love that. I love that. We need to get over our our issues and our separate separation or ego issues of our ego identity of well, you know, I'm on this side and that side and you didn't listen, I tried to tell you and blah 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 blah. Whatever the, the finger pointing um, blame game is to rise above that and just provide compassion, empathy, and unconditional love for people as they go through their hard life lessons. And they're Mm -hmm. going to learn it. And what you do is a reflection of your life lesson. So um, if you want to be cruel about it, that is something that you will feel on the opposite side in your life review of how cruel you are walking around calling everybody sheeple and stupid. Um, okay, so you're a speaker in the 2021 Higher Self Expo going on July 17th through 18th. What will you be presenting? Uh, I actually think I'm doing an interview, so I'm not sure that I've got a topic yet, but whatever oh, okay. it is, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm being interviewed by, um, yeah, I didn't have a topic as such to, to deliver. Okay, well, this will be exciting. So you guys, for more information about the Higher Self Expo, just go to that website, which is higherselfexpo.com. And you'll get all the information about his speaking engagement. So do you have a last message for the builders of fifth dimension earth? Yeah, sure. Just remember who we are in the first place, because the part of what we got born into is there's a mirror image of what we're born into. Mm -hmm. And there's the element that we, we kind of know who we are, but it gets a bit confusing, but then it just becomes normal. This mirror image world that is like the world of the, of fiction and, and entities and and everything else. So when we begin to remember what we are and who we are and where we come from and mm-hmm. what we're doing together, we come more into ourselves. And mm-hmm. when we're part of ourselves, that's when we create this new earth because the fictional earth, this realm that keeps us from our true power and potential is what we are essentially creating. That comes back to the holographic nature is that it is a compromise. And what we see in the world with famine and injustice and wars and people dying from vaccines, we're all creating that. It's the compromised projection of all of us, but it's based on us not really coming into our power. And while the world looks like that, that's an indication of like, all right, the world looks like that. So us as a collective have not found ourselves yet. When we Mm -hmm. find ourselves, the world, that world will look very, very different. And I believe it's about breaking down that veil of fiction and coming back into the world of substance and the living. And when we come back into that world and that fictional world, 
goes away because we're not supporting and co-creating and projecting that anymore, then that's the world that you refer to. And uh, that's just coming back to the self. It's not relying on government, police, laws, Instagram, Facebook, Zuckerbergs, Gateses, and all those people is relying on ourselves and our connection to the source and to the earth. Right, right. Um, You know, real quick, last question. What about it's easy to be hateful um with the the zuckerbergs and the and, and the media and all and all these bad bad players in this game yeah. or in this reality that we share um what do you say about putting your energy into the hate of that oh totally if you if you hate it in any way you're supporting it you're actually feeding them and feeding mm. it and the, to, the, to the degree to which you have a polarity around an individual or an organization or an idea or a belief system is the degree to which you are actually separated from yourself. When you can look at Zuckerberg and Gates and whatever and just go, oh, yeah, then you know you're much closer to a resonance with yourself. The degree mm-hmm. to which you're like, oh, I hate those people and I'm so angry and that's an injustice is the degree to which you're actually separated from you. And also the degree to which you would hate Bill Gates, for example, there's a Bill Gates in you. What part mm-hmm. of you are you not, have you not loved yet? Mm-hmm. That's the degree to which you will hate somebody like that. Yeah. Uh, also to what I see them as going to that projection holographic, uh, you know, call it a theory if you want, whatever, but it's the, it's, that is just a character and that character is yep. there to show you what it is that you're missing or that you have inside of you that you have not let die off yet or that you have not loved or that you have not met. It's just a character. It's like a play that's going on. And these characters are there to, they're nothing more than that. Mm -hmm. And so when we can move beyond that, that's when we can get to the place where we will not (laughs) be projecting that anymore. You know, we we don't need to. Very, very good. Very, very good. Um, I'm proud of you. Tom, well, thank you for offering your energy healing materials and providing us more ways to heal and accept our loved ones COVID-19 life lessons that we may or may not agree with. We are in for a load of unconditional love and compassion here on Spaceship Earth. So for more information about Tom Barnett's offerings, please visit his website, which is Tom Barnett, that's two T's, dot TV. And again, for more information about the 2021 Higher Self Expo, visit their website, which is Higher Self expo.com and thank you kindly to our listeners for listening to another enlightening conversation until next time blessings we hope you enjoyed this episode of merkaba chakras where we talk buddhism in the fifth dimension for more information about today's guest please go to the show description For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.